0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 13 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, we did it. It was a long, long offseason full of drama. There was some dread. There was a bunch of labor disputes. But we did it, man. Opening day is finally here. We made it.
1: Baseball's back, dude. Less than 48 hours. You and I'll be in Toronto Mm -hmm. watching a kickoff, watching Barrios toe the rubber against the Texas Rangers. Oh, man, like I'm super excited. I was just saying before the show, I haven't been within two weeks of opening day, let alone be in there opening night at the Rogers Center. Like, oh, man, it's like I can't wait to walk through those doors and just eye up the field. Watch the guys doing warm up. Watch them take BP. Watch them take ground balls like baseball is back, baby. And I couldn't I'm I couldn't be happier.
0: No, you and I both you can tell we're both very excited for what this season brings. We know our fans are very excited to what this season can bring. So I say on today's episode, let's just dive in. We're going to do our 2022 season preview today for the Toronto Blue Jays. In our last episode we just did, we did some bold takes for the season, including some spicy takes about this offense and what Matt Chapman can do. So please go back and check that one out if you want to see how high we think these Blue Jays can fly. It's a good episode to do that. But today, we're going to get into the real X factors of this team, the guys who are really going to make or break this team. If this Blue Jays team is amazing, this is what it's going to look like. If this team struggles, this is what this team is going to look like. So it should be fun. We're going to have a good conversation. Let's dive right in. Riley, you ready?
1: I'm ready to go, Jesse. What do you got for me?
0: So at first, I think we got to look at this rotation, right? And here is as things stand for this Blue Jays rotation as of now. Number one, Jose Barrios, as you mentioned there, is going to be our first starter. We have Kevin Gosman going to start game two. Hunjin Ryu, game three, Alec Manoa, game five, and Yusei Kikuchi will start game, or Manoa game four, Kikuchi, Kikuchi game five. With other guys, Nate Pearson, Ross Stripling, Bowden Francis, Anthony Kay, Thomas Hatch, they'll probably get starts throughout the season. Um, so we're going to talk about each of these guys here. We're going to go into a little bit about what our expectations are for these players and how things can go really good and really bad. So probably take it away with Jose Brios. What do you think he's going to put
1: this year? Jose Barrios, man, uh, you, you dial it back to like episode five with us and it might, and you had Gosman being opening day starter. I didn't say anything that episode. I knew my guy Barrios would be the opening day starter. We gave up a lot to acquire this guy. And you know, the sky's the ceiling for this guy. Like he could put up grossly good numbers all season long. He's not an overly streaky guy. He just has to develop his tools a little bit more and, I can't think of a better guy to start our 2022 season off than Jose Barrios.
0: I mean, it makes sense, right? He came over from the trade deadline last year from Minnesota and he spent two months in Toronto. Loved it. Signed a seven year deal. So it makes sense that the blue Jays are giving it to Jose Barrios to start opening day. Uh, He's coming off the best season of his career. And you mentioned that he's not a streaky guy. Like he's very consistent. His ERA has been between three and a half and four every year in his career. So, I think that's what our expectations should be for Jose Brios this year. I think it's very hard for him to see like an ERA spike or if, even if he runs into Babbitt Block, I think this is the range he's going to be. And he's coming off a career best walk rate, strikeout rate, and ground ball rate. So the three things a pitcher can control. Jose Brios just had the best of his career and he's still 27 years old. He's going to be here for a long time. Brios is our guy, man. He's going to provide consistency on top of this rotation.
1: Bold takes. I have him for 20 wins. You know, we'll dial it back. Realistically, you know, you can't control ERA. Like, he's very fortunate to have those sort of numbers. Um, Great ground ball rate. And he's, you know, he's not going to strike out 300 guys a year. But he certainly is around a strikeout an inning and will limit – um, will limit base runners, and that's so. And that's so important, right? We want a guy with a low whip. I like whip a lot more than I like ERA. Oh, yeah? I feel like most okay. people, most people feel that way. Walks and hits, like I hate walks. I hate when pitchers give up walks. That's a freebie, man. That's a freebie. You know, at least let them earn it. And mm-hmm. Brios Bar- is a battler, man. He will he will have great numbers this year. I I don't feel like there's a spike for a lot. It's going to be Mr. Consistency for Brios. And like I said, if he develops his tools a little bit more and gets on a real, I, I don't want to even want to use the word streak. We'll say a hot month. Yeah. He could really bring those numbers down, man.
0: Yeah. And um, I want to say this with the caveat, we are not predicting injuries for anybody. We are predicting that they stay healthy, right? Obviously if someone gets hurt, that can dramatically change the whole season. We'll talk about it then. But if Jose Brios is healthy, I'm with you, man, this is a great thing to expect. And, I, I, I don't think he's going to get down below like in the two ERA range. I think at best he's probably low threes, but that's all you need with the offense that this has. And yeah, we can get there.
1: A pitcher with a sub three ERA in the American League East is near impossible, man. This is an mm-hmm. offensive. There's hitters' ballparks, four to the five ballparks in the American League East are hitters' ballparks. There's great position players that can hit and hit for power, Mm -hmm. you know, just like I said, just limit your walks. If you get the strikeout, that's great. If his ground ball rate is improved, that's also key because our infield is exceptional beyond exceptional,
0: much better than in years past. Yes, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to the next guy. This is the big pitching free agent that the blue Jays have signed. We uh, before the lockout, we signed Kevin Gosman to a five-year deal and Kevin Gosman is one of these X factors here. We don't really know what to expect from Kevin Gosman in 2020 in the COVID shortened season. He was really good. And in the first half last year with the giants, he looked like the best pitcher in baseball. He had a 173 ERA, which is amazing. So, but then he got into the second half and Gosman kind of struggled a little bit. His ERA is 441. So what type of pitcher are we getting here in Kevin Gosman? He really relies on his fastball and a sli- splitter, right? So you'd like to see him work that slider or that change up a little more. And, I don't know, is a two-pitch pitcher going to be crushed in the AL East or is he going to just maximize his fastball on a splitter and he's going to be the unhittable guy that we had in the first half for San Francisco last year? So I don't know. What are your thoughts on Kevin Gosman here,
1: Riley? Well, I certainly like getting a pitcher from the National League West um, because he's new. He's the new kid in town. Uh, Not a lot of guys have seen him. Even if you are just hot with two pitches, you're going to get away for the first two months of the year pretty squeaky clean, and then you kind of really got to hone in. And and carry that, you know. And confidence is everything. I feel like Gosman is a conf- He should be a confident guy if he isn't, um, because he put up amazing numbers last year um, against some pretty tough competition, which would have been um, uh, the Dodgers, obviously, and the Padres in that division, who hit the cover off the ball as well.
0: And he even had to pitch in course Field too, right? Which is never
1: easy. Oh, no, not a chance, man. <laughs> uh, Gosman is is one of the biggest. I I would say. Um, Not a make-or-break thing for Kevin Gosman on our staff. Um, But if he pitches, you know, even um, close to what he did last year, I think that that's going to really help us in the win column. And his wins above replacement will be uh, superior to what the actual number represents. What he means to Toronto right now is he just has to give up less runs than our offense puts up. Right. and our offense is going to put up a lot and i feel like he's got that sneaky factor not a lot of guys have had at bats against him and i think that's i think that's a one up for us i really do
0: yeah he's a very different pitcher than when he was with baltimore and you know kevin gosman was giving up stuff there he's a different guy now he's completely changed his pitch mix so he's not the same guy and i don't know like what do you what do you think a successful season for kevin gosman is like if he has a high 3 zra and you know, maybe he's not striking out as many guys. Like, would you call that a success for his first year in his five-year deal?
1: I just kind of made up numbers in my head. I wouldn't even be upset with a four ten ERA with mm-hmm. a with a whip of like one three five even, um, because I know he can get away with. I feel like he could get away with that. It's it's if he goes back to, um, and you nailed it, man. The Baltimore Kevin Gosman. Right. Um, I I like. I think that we've locked in the guy that we saw last year. I truly believe that with Kevin Gossman. I think that's what we got. That's what we got there.
0: Right. He's going Um, to be one of the interesting guys to watch here early in the season too. Uh, I, I still think if he puts an ERA over four in his first year, we're going to be disappointed. That means he's got some stinkers in there. I think the Jays are kind of relying on Kevin Gossman to really lengthen this rotation. And if he is on, which we saw in the first half of last year, he can be on that just makes this blue Jays team that much tougher. And if, we're going to win a hundred games this year. Kevin Gosman is going to have to be on, so he'll be an interesting guy to watch
1: yeah i'm I don't know if I've even seen him pitch before, right um you know i don't I can't say I've went in too many, too many games against the Orioles, and I certainly haven't gone to any national league West games in the last three years, right so yeah. Um, I'm going to go to a game and watch him pitch, um, Mm -hmm. because he's got such good, such good pitches is splitter really excited to see that for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's not like he, it's not like he's got a fastball that's getting pounded 460 feet every time. Like he's a, he's a smart guy and he knows how to use his pitches. He knows how to go about his craft.
0: All right, let's move on to the next guy in the rotation here in Hunjin Ryu. So he is now into year three of a four-year deal that we signed him for. And for the late 2010s and in 2020, Hunjin Ryu was one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, but last year, for the first time in his career, we really saw him struggle a bit. Now, we've mentioned before in our Matt Chapman episode that Hunjin Ryu put more ground balls to third base than any other pitcher in baseball. So, Matt Chapman turning those into outs should do nothing but help him. But even in his disappointing season last year, too, he had a 3.56 ERA in the first half compared to over five, 5.5 in the second half. And he did get hit really hard when they did make contact on him. So, Hunjin Ryu, again, we talk about Gosman being an X-factor. This guy's one of our X-factors too. Are we going to get that Hunjin Ryu that had a three and a half ERA with a better defense? Or is he going to be a guy that just, he's kind of lost it. And when a command pitcher loses it, he gets hit really hard. What do you think about Ryu here?
1: I mean, I think that being a, I think you got to have a lot of faith in Ryu coming into this year because I have a lot of faith in the defense behind him. I think being a pitch to contact pitcher, I think being a, being that type of pitcher is one of the hardest things to do in baseball because you're not, you're not relying on just you and your catcher. It's not just the battery. You're now incorporating um, seven other players behind you um, to make outs. And I feel like the acquisition at third base we had is great. I feel like our our field is, is just above average enough. I I feel like we can, uh, I feel like, if Ryu is good that he could be really good especially with his contact
0: yeah we'll see it's it's not like he can if he throws 99 and he misses his spot right down the middle batters are still going to be tough to hit it right if he misses his location with his 91 mile per hour fastball it can get hit really hard so again if Hunjin Ryu is good and he returns to his late 2010 form then this rotation is going to be awesome the Blue Jays are going to get close and will probably win the division here. But if not, if Hunjin Ryu struggles and he gets smashed and he gets lit up, Jace could be in a dogfight this year. And I don't know. We'll see. He's going to be one of those guys to watch. Let's hope he gets off to a good start against Texas here.
1: Yep. Uh, we are counting on him. I he, He's an elder statesman on our team. And um, like I said, man, it's like he's got the players behind him that his craft will work on this team.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, one guy though, I know we're both really excited about is Alec Manoa. So he came up last year. He's a sophomore kid, a former first round pick who shot through the system. And as a rookie, I was looking at his game logs. He only really had three bad starts. He had one start against Baltimore where he gave up four home runs. He had one against Washington where I don't think he made it past the fourth inning and one against Miami. Other than that, those three starts, this guy was amazing. And I know spring track spring, spring training stats don't mean anything. But if you want to look into those, Alec Manoa has an ERA under one so far this spring and more than a strikeout an inning. So if you want to get excited about a guy who could be taking a step forward and taken to a larger role, Alec Manoa could be that guy.
1: I'm a pretty superstitious guy when it comes to ball. I was never a pitcher. I'm sure that pitchers are very superstitious about what they do. Right. Of course, I bet you the sophomore slumps on his mind. But I honestly just think he goes about the way he did his rookie season and he will be just fine as the strikeout if the strikeout numbers go up for him that's huge um you know a little bit more command of the of, of his pitches would be very helpful his velocity of movements there he's i mean he's a wicked pitcher he's going to be a wicked arm for years to come like like you said we're both really excited to see him and manoa's a guy and, and i truly believe it like he could he could be a complete game kind of pitcher
0: Right, a guy just gets on rolls early, starts through his thing, and keeps that momentum going. I think Manoa was our pick that if one Blue Jays pitcher is going to throw a no hitter this year, it's going to be Alec Manoa.
1: Right? I'm with you on that one, Jesse. I got a lot riding on this kid, and he's he seems to be he just seems to be a big game player. He he's got that clutch factor to him. Um, Yeah, a couple poor starts, but every pitcher is going to have poor starts, man.
0: Like, could you see a real I know we didn't cover this in our bold takes episode, but could you see a scenario where Alec Manoa like finishes top five in Cy Young Awards? Or like even at the end of the season, Alec Manoa is our confirmed ace moving forward.
1: I honestly, man, nothing is against um the odds for this kid. <laughs> because he's a first round he's a first round pick. He came up and was just strong, man. Like we haven't seen him pitch a full season in Major League Baseball. And if he just came off his rookie season, like he did and did what he did in the spring and combines that and goes into the regular season. Like he's going to be dynamite. He's going to have a couple Rocky starts. That's just every pitcher. Just make that known. That's every pitcher, but he's like, in my head, he's going to go seven or seven innings more often than not. And I mean like one run, zero runs, three runs, three runs, one run. Like he might have, the best numbers at the end of this year. I would not be surprised to see him in that a spot um, in a, in a short window of time. I won't even put a number on it, but at one point I think he'll be that guy.
0: So moving on to the next guy here, uh, you say Kikuchi. We've talked a lot about Kikuchi. You know, I really like Kikuchi. Um, we'll just give you a quick summary of his thing. He was an all-star in 2021 Had an amazing first half. He really struggled in the second half. Uh, If you want to find more about Kikuchi, we've done episodes in the past, but not our opinions, I don't think really have changed. The individual pitches look great. And there you can see there is talent here. And if the Blue Jays coaching staff can put it all together and work you say Kikuchi out, he could be amazing. He could be way better than any other team's fifth starters. But there is doubt because he was very bad last year. In fact, he got removed from Seattle's uh, rotation at some point because he was so bad. So We talk about guys who could either be really good or really bad. You say Kikuchi is one of these guys. And if he just can't figure it out or he just can't tantalize all his pitches, then Jace could be in trouble here. This could be a hole and we could be losing games from Kikuchi. So I know we're optimistic about the kid and the way things, we can see things go, but I don't know. It's he'll be a guy that's going to be very interesting to watch here.
1: I love how our rotation is set up. I love having three right-handed pitchers and two left-handed pitchers. Yep. That makes it very difficult for the opposing manager to put together lineups and we'll say a four game series um, because you're getting such a variety. And I mean, you could make the comp between Ryu and Kikuchi as far as, you know, things like ground ball rate, but K- Kikuchi's uh, he's, he's developing as more of a power arm, Yeah, which is awesome. He's, he's a hybrid type of guy. And if if he could combine a high strikeout rate or a close to, you know, mm-hmm. um, getting guys off speed, making forcing weak contact and using that as his, his kind of bring up for me what he's more known for, which would be the ground ball guy. Um, he's going to induce a lot of weak ground ball outs, and that's going to make things real easy for us.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about the other guys. That should be our rotation there, though. Those five guys, they're going to be the guys set in stone to start this season. So they're going to be very interesting to watch. I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about these guys as the season goes on. Um, In terms of the depth, guys, I don't have much to say about Anthony Kay, Thomas Hatch. Uh, Just don't forget Nate Pearson. I know he's out with Mono right now, and so he's going to start the season in AAA. But we know the stuff is there, and he was throwing a curveball this spring. So just keep an eye on Nate Pearson and see maybe if one of these guys, Seikikuchi, does struggle maybe we throw Nate Pearson in there and maybe he can just tap into his stuff and he can be really good. So keep an eye on that.
1: Yeah. There's going to be, there's going to be times where we see different arms and Mm -hmm. I agree with you. You're starting to get me on the lighter side of what Pearson can do. Um, and you know what? I hope he, I hope he can do it, man. I don't know if I, he has mono. I don't know. He's, um, You know, he obviously wasn't kissing Montoya's butt, you know, to get on the opening day roster, but he will listen. He will be there. He will be there. I'm I'm a firm believer in that. He will be there.
0: This really does seem like a make or break uh, season for Nate Pearson. Like if he struggles again, can't stay healthy, he could be a guy that the Jays just move on from. But if he clicks, look out.
1: Well, you mentioned Anthony Kay. And for me, like I kind of got, I was high on him for a little bit and now Mm -hmm. that's gone, you know, far to the wayside. It's sad to say, but, guys either make it or break it you know and if you can't if you can't have string together quality starts if you're 50 percent on your starts you know if you go six innings one time and then two and then three and then four and then six and then one and then two you know you're not you're not going to make it as a big league starter that's just case in point
0: especially on this team who we're projecting great things for and this team should do really well That just won't cut it. We'll see how he performs in Buffalo and we'll go. But Riley, let's move on to the real bread and butter of this team, which is going to be our lineup. Like the Blue Jays have had on our good teams in the early nineties, or even in the mid 2010s, when we made the playoffs, the lineup is what carried this team and the lineup as a whole should be good again. Like you can go through this lineup one through nine. And I think at worst case scenario, you're going to get league average positioning out of every single spot. And I don't know if there's another lineup in baseball, that you can say that you're going to get league average uh, performance at every level, plus MVP numbers from guys like Vlad. And we saw Bo Bichette and Teoscar Hernandez be all-stars last year. So the lineup is definitely the strength of this team. And I think it's going to be really hard to see that falter this year.
1: As far as I'm concerned, we have a few guys who will receive MVP votes this year. Mm -hmm. That's, I, I think that's just evident. We have guys who play exceptional D. We got guys who can get on base. And we got tons of guys who can put the ball into the seats. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, our middle of the lineup is going to be extremely dangerous. It was extremely dangerous last year. Yeah, But our our core guys are young. They're only going to improve. Mm-hmm. And you see the exit velo on these guys. We have the strongest and most powerful leadoff hitter in baseball right now. We have, we have a guy who had the most anytime you get the most hits in a season. I mean, that's something to write home about. That's what Boba Shett did last year. Exactly. And then not to mention our big boy, Vladdy, like who knows what he will actually do this year.
0: Remember he said uh, last year, you saw the trailer. This year's going to be a movie. So I hope you got your popcorn ready. Cause I don't think there's a chance, even if he just repeats the numbers he had last year, that's amazing you know i I really don't see how Vlad can have a bad year, like I think Vlad's going to be amazing, and he kid's gonna fly, and it's just how high right Let's see how we can go.
1: I think the only chance he loses points on his player value um his wins above replacements would be would be just really poor defense, which I'm telling you, will be made up by the amount of times he's going to drive runners in and cross home plate himself.
0: Did you see Montoya was talking about Vlad jr. And they were talking about his athleticism and all that stuff. And he said, mm-hmm. if he gave him the green light, Vlad jr. Could be a 30, 30 guy.
1: Oh, he stole. <laughs> I watched some steel a base. He looked all right. Like yeah. he's, he looks much more healthy. He looks much more athletic than he did in prior years, man. Like, and, and, uh, oh, he's strong. He's, oh uh, he's, uh, he's he's a top three hitter in all of MLB if not a top two hitter yeah. like that's just my take on him man
0: he's he's going to be good he's going to be fun to watch this year I can't wait let's talk about some of these other guys in the lineup we can kind of run through these guys fairly quickly here yeah. uh George Springer I think the main thing with him I don't think it's the question about his game he's just got to stay on the field right only put 78 games last year and when he played he was awesome his defense was great in center field. And if the Jays are going to be a playoff team too, we talk about defense up the middle. Like that 2015 team had Kevin Pillar, it had Ryan Goins, Troy Tulowitzki. Like it had great defense up the middle, Russell Martin behind the plate as well. So the Jays are going to need George Springer to be a stable place here. And plus, if he just plays a full season, I know it's not completely going to cover the loss of Marcus Semien, but it's going to be really good. And that's an instant threat right out of the gate that not many other teams in baseball have
1: we have a very unique center fielder, Jesse. I know, mm-hmm. you know, this man. Um, and it's, it's, you know, shortstop center field catcher, are all your big defensive positions. And even if George doesn't put up electric numbers on his defense, we know what he can do offensively. Yeah. The foot speed might not be there like in prior years. I mean, he never was the fastest guy,
0: right? But, but he is still, he's, still fine. He,
1: yeah. Oh, certainly man. He's, 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 our, he's going to be the lead off hitter for this team. And he's going to have a lot of hard hit balls. Mm-hmm. He's going to, he just puts back the ball, man. He just puts the, he just barrels the ball up.
0: Yeah. He is on the wrong side of 30 now, but from judging from the games he played last year, I think it's going to be tough to see a decline from George Springer. He's going to be one of the best hitters on this team. One of the best hitters in the American league. And can't wait to see it. Like I said, offense right out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, you, Dangerous touched, man. Yeah, oh, absolutely. you touched on Bo Bichette, how he led the uh, American league in hits last year and he had an all-star campaign. So the thing with Bo though, is I think there's still room for him to get even better. Like the counting stats were there last year. He had the runs, he had the RBIs. We've mentioned he's led the, the league in hits, but I think do we can see more improvements to his power game. Like when he first came up as a rookie in 2019, he was lashing doubles like crazy. He was really hammering that right center field gap and, Bobochet has that in his bag and we didn't see him break it out all the time last year. So if Bobochet can maybe even start walking more and then really punishing those pitches in the zone, I don't think it's out of screech to see that Bobochet can be an even better hitter than he was last year.
1: Um but I'll touch quickly on, on, on his defense before. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see his defense get better, but certainly I believe that his hitting will automatically get better. Just he's just by facing big league pitching, the more at-bats he gets, the more pitchers he faces, he's just going to be a better hitter. I have no, I have no doubt in my mind after last season's campaign that he will be like a a stats guy. He will be an accumulative guy for how many hits RBI's runs. Like he's just going to look good on a baseball card. His numbers are going to look fantastic. Um, is yeah the the concern with Bo um is his ability to take pitches I question you know his play discipline a lot and and for me shortstop is is got to be a position where you gotta you gotta play defense you really gotta limit errors because I I mean you're the shortstop for what this great team is Bo Bichette has got a lot on his shoulders I feel like he knows that he's but he's a showtime guy. He's he's oh, cool. He's flashy, and I like that about him. I like it. shortstop's the coolest position on the t- team. <laughs> what might be the coolest Blue Jay we got. He's a got fun guy hair, to root for. Eye black, everything. Oh, he's a he's a he's a fun guy to root for uh, for sure. Son of a major league player, like. He's, he's just going to have a good career, but for this season, talking about just this season, um, he's just going to accumulate a lot of things. What obviously what Jays fan would like to see is he's going to be hitting at the top of lineup. Yeah. I would like to see a more selective approach at the plate. But Other than that, like Jesse, he's, he's going to hit doubles. He's going to hit triples. He's going to hit, he's going to hit 25 to 30 home runs for sure. Like I, I, I think so. Like he's going to, he's going to hit 30 home runs consistently at one point in his career. And it could very well start now.
0: Right. I think a worst case scenario for Boba is that, you know, he does swing in a lot of pitches outside of the zone and the walk rate's not very high to fall back on, but the bat to ball skills that Boba has is probably the best in baseball. So I don't think it's going to be really hard to see a season where Boba struggles. He should be an all-star again. He should be up there. He's going to be, like I said, a dangerous threat on top of this lineup. Uh, Want to move on and talk about Teoscar Hernandez here next? Uh, again, just it's amazing. We're on to now the, the fourth hitter in this yeah. lineup, and we keep saying, "Oh, this guy's really good. This guy's amazing." Well, Teoscar Hernandez is. He's coming off back-to-back Silver Slugger awards. He's still not even 30 years old. He cut his strikeout rate dramatically in 2021, and if he keeps making strides like this, like Teoscar Hernandez could be one of the best players in this lineup. And so it's it's crazy the depth that this team has here as we keep getting through these guys.
1: You want to talk about a guy who really changed his game around. It is Hernandez. Um, his, his batting average is on base is slugging. Everything went up. Um, it seems like he's more comfortable at the plate and it seems like he's just hitting baseballs farther. I remember when he first came to Toronto mm-hmm. and to see an 0 for four and 0 for five game out of Hernandez was, was not ever out of the question. You just, you kind of anticipate things like that sometimes with these pure power hitters, but Hernandez doesn't seem to be like that pure power hitter. Maybe I had him labeled as he's, he's a guy who is great at driving the ball the other way for one thing. Yep. Um, he could, he's an all fields hitter. He's, he's got quick bat speed. He's, he's another guy that hits the ball over 110 miles an hour. and Mm -hmm. hits the ball hard. Like we got so many of these guys and like Hernandez in the middle of that lineup is going to put up. I had him hitting 40 home runs. And if he doesn't, a worst case, I feel like he still hits 30-plus home runs.
0: Yeah, I'd probably put the over-under at 30 there and see. But even though you're getting 30 home runs, you're getting a good average. And unless we see that strikeout rate climb, which I have no reason to think it's going to, Jessica Hernandez is going to put up an all-star level season again. And yeah, just another amazing bat in this Blue Jays lineup.
1: Yeah, he's, he's done a great job, you know, um, back in, back in the day, like we had these most improved player awards, like over the last, you know, three seasons, you know, he has improved so much. Like he's really come together um, as a big league outfielder and, and that's so good, man. Cause you want, you want power out of your corner outfield, man. And Teoscar might be one of the most underrated corner outfielders in all of baseball.
0: Mm -hmm. Which is amazing after back-to-back Silver Slugger Awards still being underrated.
1: I I feel like for a lot of teams, he hits three spot on. I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. like, if he was to play on an average team, he could be the three hitter.
0: You want to talk another guy that uh, deepens this lineup here? And I know we've already talked a lot about him, but your guy, Matt Chapman. We're talking about Teoscar Hernandez putting up Silver Slugger Awards. We've heard in the Bold Takes episode what we think about Matt Chapman and the season he can have. So... (laughs) I mean, I'll let you take it away. This is your guy, Riley. Tell us what you think.
1: Well, let me clear my throat. This might be long winded, it might <laughs> not be. Um, this is a guy who's a platinum platinum glove winner, gold yep. glove winner. Um, he's he he has put up close to MVP numbers in the past. He's a defense first guy, but people don't realize the power that he possesses and he Mm -hmm. looks so good this spring. Mm -hmm. He's a former first round pick. He's a California board ball player that played in the Oakland Coliseum. That isn't the easiest to hit in. I feel like the change of scenery playing on a champion. I'll say it right now. A championship team is really going to bring out the best in Matt Chapman's game. Um, Again, I have him winning a silver slugger at third. I have him win a gold glove. Yep. I have him receiving MVP votes. Like, I don't think people realize um, how valuable this guy is, um, you know, just in baseball, player value. He's coming off a hard injury, and and I feel like this is his year. It's his age 28 year, eight season, I want to say, 20, 27, right. 28. He's, he's right in his prime, and he's going to take off with this year team Matt Chapman is is like I don't want to say he should be everyone's favorite but you guys are <laughs> going to love him when you guys are going to love Matt Chapman I loved him in Oakland and I'm going to love him even more in Toronto I can't he's obviously my favorite right. player I can't wait to watch him he's going to make defensive highlights he's going to make the routine plays and with the pitching staff that induces those ground balls he's going to have a lot of putouts and he's not going to have a lot of errors He's just he's just a flashy guy too. And we've
0: already talked about his exit velocities this spring are higher than they've been either the last two years in Oakland, which makes you think he's past his hip flexor injury. But Chapman's going to be very good. It's just the only way you can see a downside for Matt Chapman is he did strike out a 35% clip last year. Now, we think that's just because of the hip flexor. We, we both are pretty sure that that's healthy now and that should improve. But just keep an eye on that. If that kind of stays stable or where things go, it could be maybe a league average or a slightly better than league average season from Matt Chapman, but I, I think we're both in the same party. We don't think that's going to happen. We think Matt Chapman's going to be pretty good and uh, not too bad for your five, six, or seven hitter in your lineup, eh? Don't you think?
1: Oh my God! I just I was kind of thinking while you were going off like where you actually slot him in your lineup, and there's a lot of places you could put him. But um, you want to talk about uh, not even your three, four guys, the five, the five, six, and seven hitters for this ball club will more often than not turn the lineup over by themselves yeah. to get to guys like Springer and Bo and bring it back. I feel like this team is going to bat around. Uh, well, maybe not bat around all the time, <laughs> but it's a team. It's a, it's the t- kind of team that the pitcher is going to lose his mind over because he's going to have to throw a lot of pitches because he's facing a lot of batters because he's either given up walks. He's given up extra base hits, you know, there's not going to be too many times that there's a one, two, three inning consecutively against the blue Jays. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Matt Chapman um, in that, you know, six spot or seven spot or five spot, sometime. It could be, I feel like that's where he slotted to go right in that. And I feel like with, you know, guys like Teoscar guys like Lourdes around him, like that's just such a dead, deadly middle of the order. And Matt Chapman, yes, the strikeouts are a concern. But I'm a firm believer, in this is the way baseball is progressing. We're, we don't have guys hitting 375 anymore. Guys are hitting long balls. They're striking out. They're taking their walks. And Matt Chapman fits the criteria for what we needed. Got the defense, and we're going to get a hefty swinging right-handed bat in the middle of that lineup.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's uh, move through these next guys fairly quickly here. I do want to make some points about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Now, there's a lot of buzz this spring about Gurriel. He's always been a streaky hitter. So we've seen when he's hot, like he's been able to put this team on his shoulders and just single-handedly win games for this Blue Jays team. So that's great to have, obviously. But then when he's been cold, he's been very cold. He's been almost like, how can you put this guy in the lineup cold? So a little tough to watch sometimes, but you take that upside, which you can get. And he made some slight adjustments at the plate last year, which I don't know if you know this, but he actually tied the Blue Jays record for RBIs in a month last September with 30, 30 RBIs in a month. And it was all going great until Randall Gritchik stepped on his hand. And then after that happened, he went on the he got injured for a few days, came back to the lineup, and then went an 0 for sixteen stretch. And for what it's worth about Gurriel, he's looked amazing this spring. Like I'm gonna read you a slash line here. He's hitting four seventy-eight. 571, 696 with more walks than strikeouts. So I know spring stats mean nothing, but if this is the guy who Lord Escorial just is now, if he can stay this consistent and be this guy, this is another guy in this blue Jays lineup. That could be just
1: amazing. I mean, even a spring spring training and it's sample size of 1400. I'm just guessing. I'm trying to do the math math in my head, but anything around 1400 OPS is just like to the moon like you just mm-hmm. don't hear things like that like any kind of stretch so yeah we would like to see lordus be more consistent i love him as a left fielder i think that he's a huge defensive plus he's got an amazing throwing arm well the arm um, the
0: arms the big skill
1: oh for sure man like we're he's we might have the best one of the best if not the best arm on this team mm-hmm. um and i feel like he could be another sneaky power guy I'm not talking 40 home runs or anything like that, but you've said it, man. Like he could carry this team. Uh, Another guy who can hit the ball and hit the ball hard.
0: He'll probably hit you 25 home runs. And I don't think it would surprise anyone in this lineup. If he's hitting in the sixth spot with all the great hitters in front of him, he could turn in a hundred RBI season. It's, it's very possible.
1: Oh, someone, this, someone this year is going to, I feel like multiple guys, like anyone has the opportunity to put up huge numbers with this team. Um, Because we know that it's this train's going to keep rolling. And if you slack a little bit, there's so many people who will pick you up. I'm not, I'm not saying you got to be lackadaisical out there and take a day off, play hard. But if you go over four, if Lourdes goes over four, he could be picked up in the time that he does, and his last twenty at bats have, four, uh, you know, is on base fourteen times. Well, guess what? I bet you the rest of the team is just as hot.
0: So, what you're saying is we can trust in the Lourdes.
1: I I trust I I trust in Lourdes for sure.
0: Perfect. Uh, Alejandro Kirk is supposed to be our projected DH right now, where a guy is going to be a backup catcher for this team. We've talked about Kirk a lot as well. Him, he's probably right behind Bo Bichette and the ability to put bat on ball. And I know I've mentioned this on one of our episodes months ago that. Fangraphs has Alejandro Kirk projected to lead all catchers in OPS this year, which is more than what Salvador Perez when he hit 48 home runs wow. in Kansas city this year. So not only are we buying the upside on Alejandro Kirk, these projection systems are buying the upside on Alejandro Kirk. And yeah, he didn't look that great last year, but his bad bit was only 230. So you got to assume some positive regression is coming there. I think it's going to be a good year for Alejandro Kirk too. And yeah, like he could be bad, but I don't think he's going to be that bad. Like his, his baseline skills are there, that he's going to be at least a league average hitter, no matter what everything else does.
1: Yeah, and he's going to be sitting around, uh, you know, the bottom part of our order for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. seven, eight, you know, area, probably you see him five, six, um, you know, occasionally, depending on how hot he is. But yeah, a guy, a guy who can put bat on ball at the bottom of this lineup. He's going to, he's another guy who's going to drive in runs. Um, yeah. He's a, he's a fun guy. He's someone that I really hope that the Jays keep for, you know, as, as a catcher, you know, I'm hoping that they develop him as a catcher, having him as a DH just seems like the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, you know, because we need his bat. He's an offense first guy, obviously. And he just fits so well with this team structure. Deep the lineup, just, right? Oh, my God. Like, deep, man. Like, this is the Mariana Trench of lineups <laughs> with how deep they are. Like, it's crazy. Right. And you're talking about Kirk being at the bottom of your lineup. It just, you're still going.
0: Yeah, let's try to get through these other guys quickly here. We talked about Biggio and Espinal is probably going to be the platoon at second base, with Biggio the left-handed hitter, with Espinal, the right-handed hitter. Espinal's already got two home runs a string. He's jacked up, and... Biggio is one of these polarizing players. We've talked about him in the past, but if he can get anywhere close to his rookie season, you're laughing. That's even more there. And worse come to worse, one of these guys just takes the job, they run away with it, and then you don't even have to worry about it anymore.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is Cavan's make or break year for sure. But Espinal's just looks so good. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard to it's hard to discredit Santiago Espinal um, for the for the season he had last year in limited plate appearances. Um, he made a great catch last year. So, you know, the defensive yep. capabilities are there when he was playing third base. Um, if he's our second baseman, I feel like that's an easier position to field than third base. Mm-hmm. Um, a right-handed versus a left-handed bat. Yeah, they're both going to get both going to get played appearances. And for Cavan, it's just going to be. If you can, if he can get back to, you know, taking pitches and getting on base and turning the lineup over. I feel like both these guys can turn the lineup over. It's great bottom of the order, guys. And if your second baseman is hitting eighth or ninth in your lineup, you're probably a normal MLB team. Yeah.
0: Uh, Danny Jansen's going to be in our nine hole. Uh, we've talked about him a lot. He was a former top prospect who hasn't really hit a ton in the majors, but his second half of last year started to show upside. He hit a, he had a five fifty-eight OPS, which was, Dog shit, frankly, in the first half, but he had a OPS over a thousand in the second half with a lot of power and he's got a 6.2% ground ball rate this spring where league average is something along like 35%. So he's selling out for power at the bottom of the lineup and let's not sleep on a Danny Jansen like rebound season here.
1: I don't hate it. I feel like he has the, he's a great defensive catcher um, and he has the, he has the, the tools now um, with, you know, making small tweaks and adjustments that now he really could hit the 20 home runs that we were talking about. And mm-hmm. that if that's the bottom of your lineup, then going once, going twice sold. We just talked about nine guys like you got to be kidding me, like yeah. <laughs> so much power, so much power throughout that whole lineup.
0: Yeah, this is definitely the strength of the Blue Jays team. One through nine in this order is going to be t- terrifying for a pitcher to face, and I feel so bad for the Texas Rangers who are coming in here and trying to face these guys and get these guys out. Because good luck, Martin Perez. Are you kidding me? We're gonna tee off on oh. this guy as we go here. So
1: I don't feel I don't feel bad for him at all, man. It's well overdue and well deserved that that uh, we get a team like this in Toronto right now. And the time is now the time is now to win and they're going to win a lot of ball games this year, Jesse.
0: Yeah. Before we touch on the bullpen really quick, just some other guys to watch for. We talked about Rymal Tapia. Who's going to be a speed guy, a guy who could play adequate defense, who probably will get more playing time than we think. And Gabriel Moreo, who is still one of the blue Jays top prospects who some scouts say he's the, he's the most athletic catching prospect since JT real Muto. He's probably going to get at bats on this team at some point that's mid season. So another big threat that could be coming up at some point. And or Elvis Martinez, who we saw in spring training is going to be sent to double a. And once you're in double a, you're a strong throw from uh, playing in the big leagues. So keep an eye out for that name is just another name to watch. Anything to add on those guys, Riley quick before we move to the bullpen.
1: Yeah, just, uh, we know about our prospects. We've talked a lot about that, uh, Tepia, though, I feel like is a guy who will get a lot of at-bats, not a guy who barrels the ball a lot, not mm. a guy who gets a lot of exit speed. Um, but your slap hitter can pull the ball a little bit. Um, and it's good. We, we haven't talked about a lot of speed on this team. I feel like he will fit well if he puts up league average defense. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Perfect fourth outfielder and what we need as a yep. replacement level guy.
0: Left-handed bat too. a guy who can hit and run. You know, Montoyo can do creative things with RML Tapia. So we needed a left-handed guy. And that's the guy that Blue Jays settled on. So no complaints here.
1: Nope. Perfect.
0: As we get into the bullpen, we don't have to spend too much time here. I'm going to run you through the guys that made the opening day roster here. And Jay's got some lefties. Jay's have some righties. We have different looks. We have side armors. Uh, Bullpen bullpen performance is so hard to predict because one bad outing inflates your stats, right? And it's going to be interesting to see how Charlie Montoya uses these guys. But here are the guys who have made the opening day roster. Uh, Jordan Romano is going to be our closer. Montoyo's talked about uh, Jimmy Garcia who he said is probably going to be the backup guy for saves if Jordan Romano can't get any. So he'll probably pick up a few as we go. Tim Meza was our setup guy last year from the left-hand side. He's on this team. Adam Simber, Trevor Richards, who guys we got at the trade deadline last year, who really helped settle this Blue Jays bullpen down are going to be back there. And let's not forget Julian Merriweather, Ryan Barucki, David Phelps, Taylor Saucedo, uh, Ross Stripling, and Trent Thornton, who are probably our long guys right there. So, because we can carry 28 guys, the Jays are going with 11 relievers. So it's going to be very interesting early in this year to see how Charlie Montoya runs with these guys.
1: Yeah, we won't spend too much time talking about the, uh, the relievers. Um, again, I feel like a guy who is an X-factor in that bullpen is is Adam Simber. Okay. Um, I feel like if – I've watched him get lit up before, and I've watched mm-hmm. him have really strong outings. He's a guy who – if you want to talk about a guy like we talked about, Manoa, who could have a like a no-hitter type guy – um, we talk about Simber. I feel like Simber could be a guy who throws a nine pitch inning,
0: yeah. Oh, absolutely, he doesn't get too much strikeouts, but he is sinker and curveball. They move so much, and he's so deceptive that he can get these ground balls, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. There, yep. My X factor in this bullpen is Julian Merriweather. He's got the great stuff, we've seen it. He's just got to stay healthy, and if Julian Merriweather can put it all together. He could be another high-leverage bullpen use for this guy. So let's keep an eye on these guys. I'm sure we'll talk about them a lot as the season goes on. And, uh, yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, We wanted to touch on the Reese McGuire trade really quick here.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Jays traded uh, a backup catcher, Reese McGuire, for another backup catcher in Zach Collins. And I don't have a lot to say about these guys, Riley. It's just... It's a good piece of general managing. I think that the Blue Jays just knew that if when roster shrunk, they'd probably have to cut Reese McGuire, and this way they saved their catcher depth by getting Zach Collins, a guy who has options.
1: And I believe Collins is younger, and age is very important um, for depth position. Um, you're just buying time um, where he plays, how he plays. I don't know much about the American League, um, American League Central backup. Right positions like Zach Collins I know he's a young guy he's a left-handed bat Mm -hmm. um maybe maybe he's a guy we see I don't see him you know having a hundred at bats this year perhaps um but I'm sure he'll get time um just another guy to watch for a lefty bat we don't have a lot of lefty bats you know maybe maybe he's a tool we use we just haven't discovered you know what he can do yet for us
0: yeah he's a former top prospect he has hit in the minors in t- 2019 he had a nine I think it was 912 or 917 OPS but he hasn't hit in the majors he's a terrible defensive catcher but you know he's a guy who's going to get a little bit of run he'll make the odd spot start and maybe he'll run into a home run or two and that's really all you need out of your third string catcher
1: on this team right I, I I'm fine with the move and um you know is Colin? i've still put moreno over collins um i don't want to rush gabby up to yeah. the, and that's what to it the is big leagues but he's a good option to have i like <laughs> i like that he's a lefty bat yeah
0: mm-hmm. so this this is the main guys that we're going to be following for this blue jay season and we've talked about like best case worst case scenario this offense is going to be good right and it's really going to come down to how these guys in the rotation play, if Kikuchi figures it out and puts all his stuff together, if Hunjin Ryu can get his command back and he's not getting really hit hard, if Kevin Gosman is more of the first half Kevin Gosman than the second half Kevin Gosman, this Blue Jays team is going to be really, really good. And yes, I know you've talked about in the past that the AL East is going to be a dogfight. It's going to be really hard. There's a lot of good teams in the AL East, but the Blue Jays should, at least on paper, be the better team. And that's going to make our divisional games we play against the AL East that much more important this
1: year. They're always important, man. We always, I always circle the Red Sox and always circle the Yankees. They're hard games for us to play, man. They're always been there. It's always tough to play the Yankees. It's always tough to play the Red Sox and we need those wins in order to, you know, come through and win this division. Like I know we can, we both know we can do that, but it comes down to, you know, we really got to be sharp against our own division in Tampa. You talk about players that are X factors, you got to always watch out for the Rays, man. I I don't know how they do it, but you know, we just we just have to win games and we certainly can't lose to Baltimore. That's and yes. we'll start with that.
0: Yes, cuz Tampa won the division last year strictly because they went 18 and 1 against Baltimore last year. So if the Jays Got to take advantage of those games when they happen. Um, let's move on from that, though. If you have any comments about the X factors that the Blue Jays are going to make this season, please leave them down a comment below. And, uh, yeah, we'll respond to you, and we'll be engaging on that. Uh, let's answer some fan questions that they had. Let's try to run through these pretty quickly here. This is a, a question that we had given to us. And, Riley, if you off the top of your head, do you think you can go around Major League Baseball and name all six division winners?
1: Rob, uh, like... The- This year, predicting the division winners for this year?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, so, well, we'll just start a real easy one, and we'll just, we'll start with the Blue Jays and the American League East. Um, The American League Central, and I'll be honest with you, this is a division that I don't, I probably know the least amount about the Central divisions. I know a lot about the East and the West for both American and National League. Right. But I'm gonna, I really think the White Sox have a strong team. The Guardians, you can almost count out um for the most part
0: they have a lot of question marks on that team
1: they do and i mean how is i like i don't think jose ramirez he i don't know if i don't think he's coming to toronto um yeah, just signed an extension he, today with cleveland oh did so. he yeah okay well that 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 i will shut up about what i was gonna <laughs> say next maybe they maybe they i still don't think they win the division though for, for no. me i i'll take i'll take the white Sox. i feel like the white Sox. Um, I think the Twins, though, have a really good team. they got a lot of good players. I think it's going to be a really close division. I don't see a lot of 90-game winners in that. I feel like that's just an always close division where you get 87, 88, and 89 wins respectively for that. Who do you got there? Oh, I I feel like Seattle has put together Mm. a strong ball club. I think it's going to be the Mariners.
0: Okay. And how about the National League?
1: National League, so I'm just gonna go back. Keep it west. We're gonna go with the LA Dodgers. I feel like that's just the easy choice, man. Um, I gotta skip the NL Central for a second so I can think about it. I know it's <laughs> not the Pirates, um, the New York Mets in the East, though, man. Okay. I mean, holy cow, the Mets. Um, I don't know. It's it won't it won't be the Reds and it won't be the Pirates. I can tell you that. And I don't so- think it'll be the Cubs. I think this is gonna be one of the weaker divisions in baseball.
0: So to leave you with the Brewers or Cardinals who are you going with?
1: Well, we got the pitching of the of um of the Brewers and no offense I love that uh Pujols is back and I still think I still think that Milwaukee takes that just solely based on pitching. Woodruff yeah. and Corbin Burns like you talk about a good tandem, that's there.
0: So I'll run through mine quickly. Again, I'm with you. I think the Blue Jays win here. I'm with you on the White Sox and the Central. I'm buying in on the Angels on the AL West. Mike Trout, Shohei Ohtani. I like a few of their pitchers they have in their staff. I think Anthony Rendon can bounce back. So I'm actually going to put a wager here on the Angels to win the AL West. And let's not forget Houston, though. Justin Verlander's back. They're always going to be really good. But I think it's the Angels division there. Uh, Dodgers in the NL West. I'm with you on that. In In the Central, I'm torn because I just don't think the Brewers are going to hit that well. I'm not buying a bounce back from Yelich. But that pitching staff is so good. And the Cardinals... Even their pitching staff doesn't impress me, and their offense is aging. So I think we could get a surprise team there, but I think I'm still going to pick the Brewers to win that division as well. And in the NL East, I can't pick the Mets, man. The Mets are cursed. (laughs) You know They're going to figure out something that's going to go terribly wrong. So I'm going to go off book a little. I'm going to say the Philadelphia Phillies win that division. I think um, they get a bounce back from Aaron Nola. I really like Zach Wheeler, Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber in that lineup. Uh They should mash. Their defense is garbage. Yes, but I don't know. Go on a little off book <laughs> yeah. there and uh, get to go with the Phillies. Riley, do you have a surprise team in MLB, a team that we're all kind of counting out that you think could be better than expected this year?
1: Hmm, it's a really good question. We didn't rehearse these, by the way. That's no, why I, I seem kind of perplexed on thinking, you know, um, I did say the Mets and I still believe the Mets, but um, wow. Watch out for the Phillies, man. Um, Harper two time. Uh, MVP was last year's MVP. Casawanna had such good numbers last year. And yeah, Cassiano's I there. think, yeah, I think that, I think that Wheeler I I mean, Nola is good too, but I think Wheeler is, is, is a, is a great pitcher for the Phillies. And, um, But yeah, I think, I think, I think the Phillies, man.
0: Bryce Harper does lead the Grapefruit League in home runs this year too. So he's not going anywhere. Uh, my surprise team is I think the Cubs. Now, bear with me there. I like the Seah Suzuki signing. I like Marcus Stroman, to Use that rotation. They have some young guys who quietly performed last year in Patrick Wisdom and Frank Schwindel. So the NL Central is probably not going to be a good division. I think we could see the Cubs actually start coming a little early, and they could be my surprise team in MLB this season. Riley, I got two more questions for you, and we'll hammer these out quickly. You ready? Gotcha. Just give me your batting lineup, one through nine, for the Toronto Blue Jays.
1: George Springer, followed by Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I yep. got Teoscar Hernandez. I got Matt Chapman. I got Lourdes Curiel. How many is that? That's six. Yeah, three more. I got, uh, I got, I got three more. So we got D.H. Kirk. Yep. And I got, um, I got, I got Kevin Biggio, and I got Jansen.
0: Okay, I'm pretty similar there. I think that's the lineup that uh, Montoyo is going to run out. But if I had my dream one, I'd probably go Springer one. I want Vladdy two because I, you, lineups only matter in the first inning because that's the only inning you can guarantee your hitters hit in a certain spot. And the higher up in the order, the more at-bats they get over the course of the season. So I want Vlad Jr. getting as many at-bats as freaking possible. So I'd put him two. I'd probably put Teoscar Hernandez three. I'd put Bo Bichette four, strictly because he has the bat-to-ball skills. And odds are in the first inning, one of Teoscar, Springer, or Vladdy are getting on base. So that increases Bo's chance to put bat on ball to get an RBI. I would probably go Matt Chapman fifth. I just love the power, getting a three-run and home run in that first inning would be huge Lourdes Gurriel would be six and then i'm with you at the bottom i'd probably go kirk whoever it is between biggio or espinal and then danny jansen in the nine hole yeah. and uh so we're gonna shift over here to our we have a series to preview riley the blue jays are at home at roger center they're welcoming in the yeah. texas rangers both teams are zero and zero both teams are zero <laughs> games back in their division and uh <laughs> Before I get into the previewing the pitchers and who's going to start or not, Riley, do you have a choice on which Blue Jay is going to be the first at home, hit a home run this year?
1: Uh, Yeah, I do. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be Teoscar Hernandez.
0: First one. All right. I'm going to think it's going to be George Springer. He's going to, it's going to be a zero, zero game in the third inning. George Springer is going to hit a two run shot. And I think the party's going to be in flight from there. So that's my prediction on that. Okay. This series here in Game One, it's going to be John Gray against Jose Barrios. Game two looks like it's going to be Martin Perez against Kevin Gosman. Game three, it looks like it's going to be Dane Dunning against Hunjin Ryu. So, Riley, quickly here, what do you? What are you excited to see this series? What should we look
1: for? Um, I'm excited to have Semyon back. Yeah. Um, in Toronto, that's that's a for me that's a warm return. Uh, you can't blame a guy for signing anywhere else. I hate. Unless there's real sour things, I'm not gonna have a. I'm not gonna boo a guy who just finished third last year at MVP voting Mm -hmm. for us. No matter, like, that's just unacceptable for me. No, no sour feelings. Um, you got Seeger coming from the Dodgers. I like both the Seeger boys, Kyle and Corey. Um, I think that's a fun infield to have for them. Mm -hmm. Um, also, um, yeah, Martin Perez and Duning, Like, we're gonna light those guys up. (laughs) We're, We're gonna absolutely. That we're gonna launch baseballs off the pair of them. I I do like John Gray. I I I know he pitched in Coors Field, and I did follow a lot of John Gray's career early on. Yep. and he he had a tough time, but he managed well. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you know, game one is no cakewalk for us, but I think game two and three. I think that we could explode in those two games, and I hope we do. And I and I anticipate in one of those games that we really do.
0: On paper, that's what it looks like, what we should do. But baseball's stupid, so I'm going to say we'll probably tee off on John Gray. Martin Perez is probably going to look stellar. We'll throw seven shutout innings. Jays are still going to win, though. And, uh, yeah, who knows? I'm really excited to see how Charlie Montoyo uses these guys out of the bullpen. Who does he bring in during high leverage? Who does he bring in when we have a big lead or if we're down big? I also... Really want to see Kevin Gosman see what this new splitter looks like, and th- those are the things I'm going to be watching for most during this first series of the season. Right, anything else to add, rather?
1: No. Um, Texas is uh, is a team that um, is also in um, a tough division as well, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like they have a lot of X factors too. And I feel like they've they've kind of done a small sample of what the Blue Jays did, but they I feel like we we just have better pitching than they do. They have good core guys, but I feel I feel like they're outmatched coming to the Rogers Center. I think I think the boys um, for the Blue Jays know what this is about, and I'm I'm predicting big things these first three games.
0: Yeah, I think on paper the Blue Jays are the better team. The Rangers' pitching staff isn't going to be that good this year, and I don't know. I think we're taking two out of three. What do you think, Riley?
1: I think two out of I think I think two of three is good. Um, I don't think any go to trainings innings. And I don't think they're one run games. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're one run games. And I think um, maybe one of our pitchers gets dinged for a high ERA. Um, but I think we're scoring an average of five, five, six runs for sure in these first the this first this first series. I really do. I think we're going to take off right out the gate.
0: Either way, we're here. We made it. That'll do it for our season preview episode. If you have anything else you want to add, please leave a comment. Make sure you like and subscribe. We'll be back Sunday night to discuss this opening series against the Texas Rangers. And we're going to have a guest on that episode, too. So that'll be fun. And we're going to preview the upcoming series against the Yankees. Like I said, be sure to like and subscribe. We're going to be doing this all season long. We're passionate Blue Jays fans, just like you are. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at BudsJays. We'll be doing some fun stuff on there as well. If you're looking for hockey content, check out our friends over at Leafs and Lads as they gear up for the playoff push over there. And I'm sure they'll have fun things to say about this, the blown 5-1 lead to Florida last night. So uh, check that one out. And uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. And let's go Blue Jays.
1: Let's go Blue Jays. I will see you at the Rogers Center, Mr. Burl.
0: Let's go. Can't wait.
1: Let's go.